You're listening to Business Stories with Ryan Arcarachi, where I speak to business professionals from all walks of life. Thanks for listening, and let's get to it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode. Today is going to be an interesting conversation. Uh, we're going to talk about something that's not entirely exciting, but something that you may want to learn more about. My guest today is Don Preston. He's a home appraiser. He's also a client of mine, and we've really gotten together and come up with ideas for technology and all the things he's doing with that. But let's dive into home appraising. Don, thank you for being here. Let's talk about your background. I know you're you're a tech guy and you've moved from being a tech guy into this home appraisal business. So talk to us a little bit about your background and how that happened. <laughs> hey, I've been tech ever since I was a kid, basically. But uh, yeah, so Growing up in the tech industry, uh, bought and sold several companies as I came through, as I came out of corporate, the world, I bought and sold some companies, product management. And then as I kind of retired from the companies, they just take a lot of work. And so my wife made me promise not to do another company. So here I am starting another one, just one that she approves this time. So good. that's important. Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah. I, I just tech. Tech is what I am. Uh, appraisals is something I'm, I got into by accident. Uh, a good friend of mine, as I'm retired, trying to figure out what to do. And he says, hey, I, I need help doing some work. Do you want to help me? And my uh, website and all this other stuff isn't working. My phone systems aren't working. How can you help me out? And as I helped him out, I started helping him with the appraisal side. And I just went ahead and got my appraisal and I licensed and then went from there. And now I'm doing appraisals. I figure it's something I can do until I stop walking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you have to walk to do appraisals, I'm sure. So yeah, like a lot of people, especially me, like I don't have, I have a very surface basic level of home appraisals, but explain to people listening why you need an appraisal, what it is and what it actually does for you. So appraisals are a little bit different and they what most people think of. So whenever you buy a house and you go to a lender, the lender wants an appraisal to basically validate that, well, the price that you're paying for, that the house is worth the price that you're paying for. Right. And so an appraisal is done for that. Now, in that case, that lender will hire an appraiser or go to what they call an AMC or appraisal management company and say, hey, do you have an appraiser that can uh, do this property and qualify for this kind of property, Right. Right. And then you pay for that in your closing costs. Right. Then there are other appraisers that people really don't understand or don't know. But let's say, for example, in the state of Texas, you know, our property taxes are based off of the value of our houses. Right. And those go up and down and people complain about it. But if you want to go to the appraisal district and say, hey, I'm paying too much. Well, what you've got to do is you've got to get an appraisal that basically says, hey, here's the real value of my house, not what you think it is. And so right. you would hire an appraisal. Another purpose for our, the appraisals I do is what we call general purpose appraisals, not the financing. If you're doing a HELOC or uh, closing, uh, in, you know, some sort of financing on your house, I don't do those. I, I stay away from those on purpose. And one of the things that people don't realize is that uh, an appraiser is bound by that value that they gave you for the life of the mortgage. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you got a 30 year mortgage, they're bound for that. And if, the market goes haywire all of a sudden 
the lender can come back and say, why did you guys give it that value? Well, I don't want to get caught up in that liability. So I just don't do those. Right. And plus, like I said, I'm retired, so <laughs> I don't yeah. have to do it. Right. Uh, but the other things that people don't think about are divorces. How do you split the house equ equitably, right? Or if one, one spouse wants to stay in and buy out the other, yeah. how do you go about doing it? What's the true value? And another yeah. case might be an estate where a family member has died, their estate's left over. What's that value of the house? And how does it get split equally among the family members? And you would think family is all easy and good and stuff like that. But I've seen people spend $10,000 trying to save $1,000 in some of these estate settlements. But yeah, so you go get, you go get an appraisal based on the date of death and what that value is. And then that's where it is. Right. Cause right. someone could, someone can turn around and hold on to the property for a year and then say, okay, now, now we need to sell it. And this is the value and this is how we split it. Well, if it went way up, all those other family members just got hosed. So yeah, if you do it based on the date of death, right. Then right. you got your PMI reduction. If uh, you want to get rid of your mortgage in uh, insurance, mm -hmm. you would do it there. So there's, there's cases like that. And even immigration, uh, a lot of immigrants have to prove that they have X amount of value in the country to keep their status. And so they use their house as collateral. And so you got to get a, a, an appraisal for that as well. Right. So, wow. I didn't even know that was required. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 That was a nuanced one I hadn't heard about until I got into the industry. <laughs> what? Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. So like walk us through the process, especially working with you. Obviously people can go, you know, to your website, they can book an appraisal. You're based in, is it like the Dallas area? I know you're in Texas, right? Yeah. Dallas, Fort Worth area, the greater Dallas, Fort Worth area. Yes, sir. So how, how does that process work? And typically what happens when someone books you, you come out and how does that all happen? So typically what happened is we'll agree, first off, what's the purpose of the appraisal, right? And, and am I qualified? So I'll, I'll have a conversation with them. Am I qualified to be doing the appraisal on that house? Uh, there's certain properties that I don't do. Like if they're multi-million dollar houses, I don't mm -hmm. do those. I'm just, you know, I'm not qualified yet to really do that. And I don't really want to do those. Right. Um, you know, but if, uh, let's say it's a manufactured house on 10 acres of land, I can do those, but do I really want to, mm -hmm. uh, because you got to go out, you got to go out and see all your comps and the other comp might be 50 miles away and, mm -hmm. you know, so you'll drive 300 miles just taking pictures of your comparables. Yeah. Um, you know, so, uh, but what they'll do is you, you verify that the property is a good property that you're qualified to do it. And then you schedule and then you basically show up, you take pictures of the outside, you measure the outside. Cause what a lot of people don't realize is that the square footage of your house is based on the outside perimeter of your house, not wall to wall inside wall, wall, right? Oh, okay. It doesn't matter. It's yeah. based on the outside because how do you know whether that brick is, you know, two feet thick or if it's a quarter of an inch thick, right? Right. So it's what they call ANSI standard. You measure on the outside of the house. And then you go see if there's anything unique about the house. What's the condition of the house? What's the quality of the house? And then, uh, you know, take pictures all around it. And then you go inside and you do the same thing. Hey, do you have water, electricity, gas? Is your HVA system? You look up in the attic. You're not doing home inspection. You're not double checking, right? So home inspectors, they look what's behind the walls. I look at the walls, right? Right. And um, 
if I walk if I walk around and I see that there's an HVAC unit or an air conditioning unit outside, mm-hmm. and it's winter time, my assumption is that that's working and they've got HVAC. They have to tell me otherwise if it's not. But yeah. a home inspector would catch whether that's working or not. I don't see whether there's termites in the wall or not. Right? right. I assume that everything behind the wall is good. And so, you know, there's there's legalese in my contract that basically says, hey, I've looked at it. I recommend, but do not require a home inspector. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, you just look at it and then you take pictures and then you see the quality and the condition. And that's the value of that property. You, you do. It's an opinion of value, right? It's not an absolute value. And right. what a lot of people think is, is what it sells for and what its value is are usually different. Mm-hmm. They can be different, right? Because you can hold on to a property for a year to get the price you want. Or if you want to sell it in one day, that's going to be a different you know, price as well, too. So it's all dependent on market timing and stuff. We assume that you're going to sell it in a normal, unstressed situation. Uh, and that's the value we put at, on it. How long does the val? So once you do an appraisal, how long is that value valid for? Are we talking like like six months or a year? Or no, no. Typically, is well, it's good for that day. Okay. Okay, but most people will look at it for about three months. Mm-hmm. And you know, in in the DFW market, three months is a long time. Values change a lot in yeah. three months right now because it's just a hot market, right? If right. the market is kind of a stagnant, they'll be a little more tolerant. But yeah. when it's a dynamic market like the DFW area right now, it, it, three months is pushing it. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's segue a little bit into the technology side because you you and I have been working together and we're both tech nerds. So uh, <laughs> we started working with client tether and I, I think it's been, has it been a year? I can't remember. I think it's been at least six months or more. Uh, talk to us like, you know, we're a system designed for home service professionals, people that do home service work, but also people that can do what you do uh, on the appraisal side. How have you, what's your experience been like with it? How have you seen it help you in general? Yeah. So most people that are appraisers are independent. Um, You know, kind of like home inspectors, the same thing, right? We we're kind of, we have, we're our own company and so our biggest problem is that the more we more appraisals we do, the less we are able to handle the incoming marketing sales and uh, lead generation, right? So right. the problem I needed to solve was how do I handle incoming leads? You know, if I do a really good job on my website and all my SEO and, you know, my lead generation programs, you know, I might go to Angie's or client, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Angie's or Craftjack uh, or Thumbtack, yeah. one of those, right? And, and buy leads from them. But if I'm out on a site, how do I answer those phone calls? How do I sit there and get information to the people and respond fast enough that they want to pick me over the other person that are going to call in 15, 20 minutes, right? right? And as interest rates were going up, appraisers were losing the uh, the financing uh, yeah. contracts, right? Right. So they're all trying to jump into what I'm trying to do, even though they're not really ready to on their white website. So they're buying yeah. these leads. So I've got to respond faster than they do. Right. And I've got to respond with some sort of uh, 
knowledgeable but personable responses, right? And yeah. that's where client Teva came in. I, you know, I just you, you can go out there and you can try and put all these all the little systems and piece part them together. You know, between you know, uh, was it Kemp? I forgot what that. Uh, I'm going brain dead on the thing, but uh, Mailchimp, yeah. uh, and then you know, Pipe Drive, and you know, do some Zapier links between those and stuff like that. But that's a lot of work. Right. And getting that together. And what I needed was a platform where I could basically get a lead. It would automatically see the lead. It would automatically text, which to me is important texting, text and email the uh, the lead saying, hey, here's here's who I am. Here's how much I cost. And feel free to give me a call and ask any questions. Right. Yeah. And that's what client tab is doing for me is, and then it, it gathers it and puts it in place and then tracks it through my, you know, basically as a CRM tracks it through the process. Yep. And as I go through the different processes, you know, from, I have got you scheduled to, Hey, I just finished the inspection to, Hey, I'm writing your report. Now it, it goes out. All I do is do a drag and drop and then it texts and emails out, um, uh, information to them so that they know I'm not forgetting about them, right? Because right. an appraisal can take up to, you know, depending on the information. And usually I try and get it done in two or three days, but some people think you can give it to them as soon as you walk away from the house. And that's not the case. It's, it's a lot of research, right? Right. In some research, if it's in a bad house, it might take me a week or two to find the cost of fixing things. Yeah. And so if you don't respond and talk to them during that time, they're going to think you don't care. And they're going to get frustrated, right? And and you're you're just going to lose a good review rating. Yeah. So what client teller does, I talk through this process. Okay, here's what's happening. Here's what here's what's going on now. Here's what's going to take. Please be patient with me. And here you go, right? Yeah. And I go through that process, and client teller tells tells them what's going on, so that they know. And now, the downside to that is they're they're responding like they think I'm really sending them something. Yeah. And now I got emails. I'm like, uh-oh, I've got to handle these emails, right? right. I, need to, I need to figure out how to handle that, right? Or, hey, just check off. Don't, I don't need to pay attention to that, right? So, right. Or if they yeah. got a question in there. But, you know, that's, that's a problem to have, right? That's a good problem. Right. If, if you're interacting with your customers and they're responding back, that, that tells you that you're doing it personally right, and they think it, they're talking to you, not a, not a system process, which is – what I like about client tether because I can kind of customize it around my personality. Right. Right. Do you have any particular like examples of, of ways or, or I guess situations where it worked really well for you um, or you just saw some, some really good results or, or maybe some feedback from a customer or client who said, Hey, Don, this communication was good. I'm really happy with how this went. Well, even if you look at my reviews, right, yeah. I've got all five-star reviews. I, I, you know, uh, when you start these businesses, usually you go to your, some of your friends and you try and get some reviews at first, right? You know, yeah. and you try and get four or five reviews that from, from friends, you know. I try not to go more than that because then it starts looking bad, but you're just trying to get some in there to get some business. Well, I had one good friend of mine. He gave me a four-star review, even you know. Yeah. But all my clients and all my other friends all gave me five. So I've got one review out of about 30 or 40 that's not a five-star, right? And that's he's, no longer, to, he's no longer a friend now. 
<laughs> just kidding. He's a friend. I just give him hell about that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Every time. Oh, my yeah. only four star review. Well, <laughs> I never gave him a four star, five star as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So, you know, the reviews I'm getting are all talking about how I, how well I communicate with them and kept them in, uh, updated on what's going on. Right. Right. One of the hardest things in this industry and in what I call the home service industry altogether, you might put out a lead for, let's say you want paint job, right? Yeah. And you put out a lead for five painters. If you get two to call you back, you're lucky. Yep. And then out of those two, one might respond. So now you feel like you're stuck with taking the only painter that responded. Right. And then if they don't respond and talk to you and keep you updated, then you just frustrate it. And most people, at least in this, in this area, that's really common. I mean, yeah. people, you might not hear from your painter for two weeks and all of a sudden they show up and you're like, well, how was I supposed to know you're going to be here today? <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Um, they just kind of do their own thing. And, and I get it. They're busy. They work hard. They don't have time to do all the back office systems. And that's where client tether comes in. Right. Right. It, it handles that stuff so that you can be a painter or I can be an appraiser. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the issue that a lot of people are experiencing. And it's like, you guys were, you guys in home services work so hard and handling the leads is another layer of your work. And that's why people, if they can afford it, hire an admin or an assistant to help with that. But a lot of people can't. And if you're on a job for three, four or five hours a day, you know, and leads are coming in, you're missing, you're missing out on that business because you're not, you're just not able to respond. And it's not your fault. It's the fact that you're just doing your job. So that's a problem though. And I think you're right, Don, that's where the gap is filled with us. So. Yeah. So one of the issues I had before I got client tether was I'm getting leads now, you know, obviously when you start something new, you're trying to get your leads like your Andes and craft Jack and thumbtack, right? You're paying for these things and they're not cheap. They really are not cheap, right? But you're paying for whether you do anything with it or not. Right. Yeah. And so you might be out there on a job and uh, I couldn't respond to, you know, the phone call because I don't want to take it in front of my client while I'm working with my client. And then an hour later, I call them back and they're like, you know, I already had three other people respond. I'm picking this one. Well, you missed it and you just paid, you know, anywhere, you know, from like with Angie's, you're probably paying 40 to $60 for that lead. Right. And you just missed it just yeah. because you couldn't take that call. Yep. And then what client tether did was it let me, I couldn't necessarily take the call, but I texted, which is the important part for me right now, right? Hey, this is Don Press Home Appraisal Solutions. Check your email. It will tell you more about where I'm at. I'm on site right now, you know, but yep. check your email and you'll see what my costs are, where I'm at. And, you know, now I'm, now I'm getting the ability for it to go in and say, Hey, uh, go to my site and you can chat and ask all the questions you want, or you can schedule, do an online schedule and whatever, whatever, and see what's opening and schedule yeah. at your convenience. Right. And yeah. So, and I, and that's me not even being involved. I can keep doing what I'm doing and my closing right now, is it as good as me in person being there and answering a phone call? No. Right. There's nothing going to replace a human, but I right. can't afford to have a full-time employee right now. I, you know, I'd rather pay the, my client tether fee and 
then instead of paying a full-time employee, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's a lot cheaper to pay, pay client tether. And, but what happened is even then it might be, let's say one in five, getting one in five Angie's leads. Now it's more like one in three, yeah. you know, so it dropped my clothes, you know, dropped my uh, cost yeah. for lead. Right. So, and it's interesting you say that too. I think it comes down to customer experience and what you're, and a lot of people in home services don't realize, or they don't think about what the customer wants to experience um, and, and how they should feel and how, and especially with home appraisals, if it's like a divorce situation or an estate situation where someone's passed away, it's a stressful time anyway. Right. So these people are already under pressure. They're stressed out, especially if it's like a divorce. Um, so how you communicate with them and how quickly you communicate and how quickly you get them their answers is key because they're already in a heightened emotional state. Would you say that's pretty accurate, Don? Yeah. Yeah. You, you definitely got to talk to them. There's, yeah. there's a lot of times I come to people and say, guys, you don't need an appraisal right now. Yeah. You're, you're not, you don't need it right now. Go do this instead. Right. Right. Or, Hey, go talk to your lawyer uh, in a divorce. See if yeah. you can get an amicable divorce. Don't call me until, it's good. It's a really nasty divorce. Right. And yeah. then it's going to get lawyers involved. Then yeah. you can call me. Right. Right. But you know, if, if you work with your client, you're not here to try and make money at all costs. You're there to try and solve a problem. Right. And by, you know, and my job happens to be a funky, you know, product, but it's something that's required. Right. And so that's when I come involved. But if, I would rather turn someone down than have them buy some of my service that they really don't need or right. something I can say, Hey, you know, just go ask a real estate agent. You really, you don't need an appraisal. You need a market analysis and a, a real estate agent will do that for you for free. Right. Yeah. One new thing I want to ask you about, cause so recently we, we adopted the uh, artificial intelligence chat bot, which we offer through the system, which honestly, I think you're, for me, you're, you're like the first person that's done it. So you're kind of the, the new cowboy out there with the new frontier <laughs> of this artificial intelligence stuff. Talk to us a little bit about like how that's going for you, how you're using it, how effective it is. What do you think about it so far? Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely into it. it. It's doing the right thing, Yeah, but it's like any new employee, right? You got to train them. And that's where, you know, everyone thinks that if you just tell it, hey, here's my product, answer responses, you're going to get junk responses back to your customers. I mean, it knows everything, so it doesn't know how to answer it to you, right? Right. And plus, there's no personality to it. Yeah. Well, when you hire an employee, there's a certain character of employee you want. There's a certain knowledge way you want them talking. And, you know, talk professionally but keep it short or talk, uh, you know, real informal and have fun. Yeah. What's that personality you want? Right. And you hire people based on that, but you don't even realize it. Right. Well, chat, you've got to do that same thing. You've got to teach it how to do it. Right. So, uh, I'm still working on the process. I'm still training my micro employees, what I call him. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just like anyone else, right? But the problem, the difference is, is that I get to do it on my schedule, not have to be here between eight and, you know, eight and five in the morning to, to figure it out and work with them, right? I yeah. can do it on my schedule. I can be, you know, I was, I was training it last night at 2 a.m. in the morning. 
yeah. uh, trying to, trying to, it's a little wordy for me right now. It's not right. my personality. Yeah. And so I, I was going in and doing some prompting on it to try and get it to back off some of the, the formal responses it's giving. Right. Right. Uh, but it is so much better. Right. Uh, yeah. I, people can go to my website and Hey, do you cover DFW? Yeah, I cover. Yeah, I cover DFW, blah, blah, blah. Do you cover this town? Yes, I do. And, you know, and well, how much does it cost? They can carry on a conversation in their, their personality and yeah. it responds in my personality. Yeah. Right. And that's what you want. People feel like it. Right. And you just got to train it so it doesn't look like a chat bot. Yeah. Uh, but that, that takes a little bit of work, but so is hiring an employee and training them correctly. The difference is that mine's not going to quit in two weeks. Right. Well, hopefully not. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, yeah. You, you, got, you guys aren't quitting in two weeks, are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, sometimes these bots, you know, it's, I'm just making a joke because sometimes they take a mind of their own, you know? So, yes. Yeah, they um, do. Yeah. But ours but, doesn't, but it's, it's just funny to think about that. But um, yeah, I think what's interesting about it is, is that once you set it, I mean, obviously you're still in that mode where you're kind of training it and you're kind of honing it in. And that, that takes maybe your first two, three months to really nail that down. But what's cool about it is this thing's working 24 seven. It's on your website. So if someone's inquiring at five in the morning, three in the morning, 12 midnight, whatever it is, that bot's going to be there to respond. And an employee's not going to do that. An employee's going to work a limited hours. They're going to say, I'm going to work this many hours. You're going to say yes. And they're not going to work holidays. They're not going to work when they're sick. Um, but the bot is. So that's, I think a tremendous advantage is that it's always there to be sort of your assistant through the process. So, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, there's people that hire assistants, those 24 hour assistants, but they're expensive, but you're always training them how to answer because right. they go by scripts, right? Well, right. a chat bot's better at scripts than humans are. Yeah. Right. So, you know, might as well cha- train your chat bot and uh, you'll, you'll have a lot better response and 24 seven and it's cheaper. Right. Right. Not that we're advocating people will get rid of their, you know, you know, fire people. I don't want the message to be that out there. I think in certain situations, the bot is really applicable. People like like you, who don't necessarily want to hire someone full time or part time to do this kind of stuff. This this bot works for you, and it's affordable. Um, yeah, yeah. The job is, that, you know, people are going out there and trying to replace people with bots. They're going to fail, right? Yeah. The idea is to have a bot make someone more efficient. Right. And what it's doing is it's making me more efficient before I have to hire someone. Now, there's still going to be a point where if I start getting X amount of business, I've got to go hire an employee. Yeah. Now, it may not be, it may be another appraiser. It may not be an admin, right? Yeah, yeah. Or it might be someone that their job is to sit there and manage all my back office systems, you know, right. my QuickBooks and all that, right? But yeah. Again, it's not there to replace people. It's to make existing people more efficient until right. they get to a point. Nothing is going to beat the human interaction. Right. Because people and, want that. People want yeah. to interact with people. I mean, you know, if any of us have called customer service and talked to a, a bot on the phone, it's super annoying. <laughs> and you get oh, and you yeah. get you get pretty teed off when you have to deal with those. And I know because I've experienced it myself. And I just just want a live human every time I call. I'm like, give me a live human being to talk to you so I can solve my problem here. Yeah, my <laughs> last executive job was do, handling that, basically trying to solve that problem. 
that right. exact problem in the medical industry, right? You yeah. call a doctor and you get a recording that basically says, hey, thank you for calling so-and-so, but it takes them 45 seconds to get to a point where you can press one to talk to a nurse, right? right? If you're trying to schedule. And yeah. that's just asinine, right? And yeah. and that's because they put these systems, these robotic systems in place. My job was for a major healthcare provider trying to figure out how to solve that and basically put this kind of a solution in place where people can just say, hey, I need to do a recording and, and uh, schedule an appointment. And they're in within five or 10 seconds, not 45 right. seconds where they get the option. Right. 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 Yeah. There's sometimes when I just, and I think as customers, like we dread having, like if I have to call like my insurance company or a medical provider, like I just dread, like how long am I going to be on hold? How much of this, how much time out of my day is this going to take? You know? So, um, but what's cool about, but with the chat bot, it's like, you know, the answer is right there. It's right there and it pre-qualifies the lead for you. You can go in, look at the chat and say, Hey, John, I noticed you talked to the bot. These are the questions. I want to elaborate on what you asked and, gave you some more information. So it just, it's another layer of improved customer service. I think that's what it is. Right. Right. Don, would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely improved customer service, but what it also gives you the ability to do is see how your customers are asking your questions, yeah. right. That, that matter to them. And you can start seeing trends in how they're responding to you or questions. So you can change your bot to handle it accordingly, adjust. Right. So if they start asking a whole lot about, uh, hey, how do I schedule an appointment? And then they come back, well, that didn't work or some, you know, you, you know, you've got something wrong. You got to go fix it or right. there could be something more efficient and you can go fix it. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you can see what your clients are thinking at three o'clock in the morning when they were texting your, your chat box. Right. Right. And at three o'clock in the morning, it might not be so good. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. it's answering better than I am. <laughs> yeah, better than you are at three in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this has been good, Don. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, so if people are listening to this, they're in your area and they want to look at getting an appraisal done or just ask, you know, ask you more questions about it. Well, how do they best reach you? Uh, best way, just go to homeappraisalsolutions.com. Yeah. Um, and if you want to test the chat bot, feel free to test the chat bot. Yeah, feel free to call me, text. If you just got questions on appraisals, whether you need one or not, just call me and ask, or, or feel free to tie the chat bot. It should be able to answer almost everything you want yeah. <laughs> right now, right? But if yeah. you just want to talk about even the technology of this, just give me a call and yeah. or text me, and I'll respond and uh, be more than happy to help you out. How do they access the bot on your website? Is it a particular? I know it's like a button, but where is it so they know where to go? Uh, I believe it's down in the bottom, right? There's, okay. well, actually several, several places where it says just, you know, chat yeah. in there. Right. You know, and so if you go anywhere on the site, you'll see a button on there somewhere, depending on what page you land on. Yep. Uh, you know, if you go to the divorce page, I believe it's up in the top, right. And I think if you're going into the FAQ page, I think it's down on the bottom left. Right. So, yeah. um, you know, don't know exactly where, but you'll, you'll see it. It's really easy. I make it prominent on every page. Same with the booking. If you, you know, booking an appraisal, I make it prominent on every page. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Don. If you're listening to this and anybody out there, if you're in the Dallas area and you're looking for a home appraisal guy, Don Preston is your guy with home appraisal solutions. Don, thanks again. Have a great holiday. Keep in touch. 
Thanks, Ryan. You take care and have a good holiday. You too. Hey, this is Ryan. Are you in the market for a customer relationship management system for your business? Well, before you drop a dime, pick up my book, Customer Relationship Management Exposed, now available on Amazon. Just search Customer Relationship Management Exposed and my name, R-Y-A-N-A-R-C-O-R-A-C-I. This is your definitive guide to saving money before purchasing a CRM, so pick it up today.